Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm your host, Dale Pinnock, Sunday Times bestselling author, nutritionist, and creator of the Culinary Medicine College. Every episode here in the podcast, we dig deep on the subject of nutrition to give you clarity, to give you answers, and to expand your knowledge. Hey, my friends, how are you doing? Hope you're well and you've had a fantastic week. Have you heard of the gut-brain axis? This is a real buzz term at the moment. It seems like everyone's talking about it, especially on social media. And how often do you hear people say, oh, the gut, that's like your second brain, that is. Well, it's not. But the two are very, very closely interlinked. And there is a two-way communication between these two systems. And it happens via the vagus nerve. This is a nerve that allows that two-way communication between the brain and the gut, and the gut and the brain. This two-way communication, and if there's any kind of upset in either of those systems, the other can be affected. I mean, I'll give you an, uh, uh, an example. When you're feeling, when you're going through periods of stress, that can influence digestive function. For some people, it can really, really slow down digestive processes and make appetite almost disappear or food really, really difficult to digest and shift. Or for other people, it can actually cause like a, a hypermotility where you where you get an excessive contraction of the gut wall and it, call, it causes like atomic diarrhea. So that's something that's very, very common. Likewise, things like inflammatory episodes in the gut can really affect cognitive function, can really affect uh, memory and alertness, and absolutely can affect mood. So there is this two-way communication between the two systems. Now, one thing that I really do want to clarify is that it has nothing to do with serotonin. Something that you will often hear, and you'll see a million and one different carousels on Instagram or random posts or videos saying that 70% of your body's serotonin is produced in the gut, so look after your gut and you won't get depression. Well, there's an element of truth that what is happening in the gut can have a link to depression, but it's got nothing to do with the serotonin. the, The function of serotonin is determined by the system that it is found within. I'm going to say that again. The function of serotonin is determined by the system that it's found in. For example, in our skeleton, serotonin regulates bone mineral density bone resorption. Within our blood, serotonin regulates platelet function. Within the gut, serotonin regulates peristalsis. Now, peristalsis, this is the rhythmical contraction of the gut wall that moves everything along to its kind of final trajectory, if you like that keeps everything moving through the digestive tract. Serotonin regulates that in the gut. When it's in the brain, that 
is when it elevates our mood and also will be important for um, actually helping us to get to sleep. So what it does is related to where it's found. It does many different things. So I just wanted to put that myth to bed that people are always talking about 70% of the body's serotonin being found in the gut. Absolutely true. But that has no influence on depression. So what is it about the digestive tract that seems to be influencing cognitive function and mood and sleep and mental clarity and everything else? Well, my friends, it seems to be via the microbiome. A healthy microbiome is related to better cognitive function. We know that the micro... And it's like a a communication from the microbiome. And this is still being researched and still the, the entire physiology behind this is still being mapped out, really. But there's communication from the bacteria that live in our gut via the vagus nerve that influences cognitive function. So one of the key areas, if you're trying to enhance cognitive function, if you really want that mental clarity, if you have any issues like depression and anxiety or issues with memory, one area that you might consider working on is the health of your microbiome. How do we improve the health of our microbiome? Well, look, it's the same message that I've been drumming into you for so, 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 so long. And that is a whole foods diet. Get back to basics, especially a whole foods diet that's rich in dietary fiber. And this doesn't mean like, you know, you've got to eat like kilos of bran flakes. We're talking plants, leafy vegetables, all of your salad salad plants, fruit, and some whole grains like brown rice and pearl barley and quinoa and that kind of stuff. Because these high fiber foods contain very like a, a really wide variety of different carbohydrate compounds, many of the ones that they contain are incredibly complex. They're the types of carbohydrates that won't be broken down by pancreatic enzymes or salivary enzymes and the normal enzymes that would cleave the, the simpler sugars which will be absorbed in the small intestine. These actually require a lot more work. They require a process which is called saccharolytic fermentation, which is where the bacteria in the gut ferment these substances and break them down. And when that fermentation process takes place, several beneficial things start to happen. Firstly, the bacteria start to increase in number. The the bacteria also increase in diversity. The more diversity of fibrous foods there are in your diet, the more diversity there is within the microbiome. The more diverse the microbiome, the healthier you become. So it's it's quite it's quite a simple thing, really. Diversity in your diet, a diverse whole foods diet will give you a diverse microbiome which ultimately will get you healthier and healthier the more diverse it becomes. So that's the first two things that happen. The bacteria increase in number and they increase in diversity. But also, during that fermentation process, 
the bacteria release byproducts, short-chain fatty acids, the most important being butyrate and propionate. Now, butyrate, this is a substance that actually helps to repair and sustain the health of the gut wall. Propionate actually helps to regulate appetite, and it does seem to have some cognitive activity as well. So next time you hear people talking about the gut being the second brain, take it with a little pinch of salt, but realize that the health of your gut absolutely will impact cognitive function and mental health quite significantly. And it's all down to how healthy your microbiome is.